Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't worry. That's what Jesus is commanding us in today's scripture. And it's difficult living as we do in an economy that's not the greatest despite what the news says. Where gasoline prices are starting to creep back up toward that $3 mark. Where food prices are soaring because food sources are decreasing because of flood and import restrictions. Thanks to our government, where layoffs keep happening in spite of the good job market. We all know what it's like to bear the heavy burden of worry and stress. And we carry that burden with us everywhere, into our family discussions, into our church meetings, into every decision that we make. And so Jesus commands us to stop, to lay our burdens at his feet. Because quite frankly, worry is sin. When we worry, it's a sure sign that we're trying to do God's job. When we worry, It's a sure sign that we're trying to control every circumstance, to anticipate every setback, to fix every problem, to provide for every need. And God hasn't designed our human bodies, our human natures for that. He's designed us to be creatures who rely on him and to trust him and to depend on him to provide our daily bread. And so Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter when he commands us not to worry. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. So seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says. Seek his presence, seek his power, seek his priorities, and all these other things will be given to you as well. All those things that cause you stress and keep you awake at night, all those things that you wish for, they'll be given to you as well as the kingdom of heaven. Imagine that. This is the only cure for worry. And when we take it, When we choose God over stuff, there's no room to worry and no reason to be so uptight. And you might say to me, come on, Patty, let's get real. What about the victims of the flooding in Nebraska, whose fields they say won't recover for the next 10 years? Should we just tell them, don't worry about it, it's going to be okay? Should we just tell the hungry and the homeless and those without clothing or work not to worry because it's going to be okay? And what about the victims of the gun violence in El Paso and Dayton and those in California who lost their lives to stabbing? Should they not be anxious and worried? Is Jesus that naive? 
Is he exaggerating? Is he out of touch with what's going on in our world? Far from it, my brothers and sisters. The issue isn't those things. The issue is that worry about those things preoccupies us and absorbs our attention in a negative way. And it allows those circumstances to define us. I've listened to a couple of interviews online with farmers, with victims of violence who have survived. And they're some of the most resilient people there are. Because they're people of hope. They're not letting those circumstances define them. And the common thread that runs through all of those interviews is they seek God first. They refuse to be victims. So what do we do? How do we change? By becoming preoccupied not with stuff that's passing away, but with the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Instead of being so worried, so tense, so uptight, Jesus says, draw closer to me. With him as our trust and our obedience, there is no need to worry. Consider the lilies of the field. They grow in a broken world alongside thorns and thistles that seek to choke them out. They're threatened by insects and mold and various diseases. They're trampled by children and dogs. They're eaten by deer and rabbits. And we've had a lot of that in our yard. And yet they come back again. And again and again, and the more they come back, the more prolific they are. They're fragile, and yet they're beautiful and they're resilient. No matter what happens to them, they just keep rising from the dead. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's telling us that death doesn't reign. Violence doesn't reign. Death doesn't have the last word. If it did, there would be no lilies. And you, my brothers and sisters, are much more precious to God than they are. God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he provided them everything that they could possibly need. Even after they sinned, God didn't forsake them. And thousands of years later, Jesus walked in the Garden of Gethsemane before his enemies came to take him away and ultimately crucify him. And then when it was finished and he was laid to rest, he rose on Easter morning, coming up out of the grave to undo what sin and death had done. And he gave Joseph back his tomb brand new and said, here, I don't need this anymore. Death doesn't reign. 
Death is dead, Jesus says. And the lilies come forth each spring to remind us that there's no need for fear or anxiety because Christ holds the future. Yours, mine, and everyone. And here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. When trials come, it's the devil that will tempt you to waste your energy worrying over things that you cannot control. My girls have moved out of the house. (laughs) But I can't control how they live now. I can only trust that we've given them a solid foundation on which to base their lives. Could I worry about where they are at night? Could I worry about their comings and going as they drive? Sure I could, but it's wasted energy. And if the devil can't get you to fret over your own life and your own circumstance, he by sure will get you to worry about someone else's. Your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, the neighbor down the street, the country, the poor who are always with us. He'll get you to look at the news and the crimes and the disaster or scroll the internet or go to the bookstore and read the lies and the propaganda and the useless distractions instead of going to the Word of God and getting rooted and grounded in His peace. He'll try to wear you down and overwhelm you with sadness and bury you with the impossibility of it all. He'll get you hooked on Fox or CNN or MSNBC for hours on end during the day instead of being in the Word. So yes, you could be anxious. Or you could put your hope in something greater than all of that. You could choose to rely on the power of Jesus, the peace of Jesus and the provision of Jesus who sends his Holy Spirit to dwell in you and whose love never fails. And I'm not saying that there aren't any troubles today. Today has troubles of its own, sure enough. And they need attention and they need action. I know when my kids were little, it was just enough to get their teeth brushed and their hair combed and get them out the door to church. Those things need attention. Your parents need a phone call. Your spouse needs a pat on the back. Our church needs prayers and service and diligent stewardship. Our country needs us to understand the issues, to vote for the best laws and candidates, to watch out for each other. I'm not saying they don't. Those are the troubles for today. And they're sufficient, but nothing is gained by adding to them with an imagination that goes wild and egged on by the devil. You are who God has made you to be, placed exactly where he wants you to be, like a lily in a field, to do what he's given you to do. 
And even if you feel unworthy of the task or don't understand all his purposes, do it anyway. <sighs> lilies don't know what they're doing either. They're just being lilies and that's sufficient. Death doesn't reign and lilies prove it. Not war, not famine, not plagues, not Republicans, not Democrats. Not even the daily onslaught of the news can stop the lilies. They're not uprooted by crime sprees, corrupt leaders, impatient bosses, or intolerant spouses. The lilies belong to the Lord who provides for them according to his promise. And you are worth more than those lilies. You have been died for. You have been named and claimed. You have been baptized in the waters that have cleansed you from sin and death. You have been nurtured in the word and fed at the table. And so as you come forward today to receive him, and as you go back out there to your daily routines tomorrow, as the pressures of life grow intense later this week, don't allow yourself to be fed by things that cause you worry. Feed yourself on God's word. Allow that to bring you peace. Choose who you serve. Choose where your heart lies, where your treasure is, as those last verses of our scripture say. Choose who and what holds you as you proclaim the faithfulness of God in the midst of whatever you face. So that the story that you tell at the end of it all isn't a story of, oh, look how terrible things are, but oh, look how great our God is in the name of Jesus who reigns. Amen. Will you stand with me as we profess our faith?